Good morning, all. Ryan Tuppity with you. It's Thursday morning, the 9th of December, 2021, at five minutes past nine. Great to have your company, as always. The text number is open for business on 51551, and you can email ryan at rte.ie. I'm getting my Christmas tree at the weekend. I'm very, very excited about it. I always get a fresh Christmas tree, and I go to the forest, I chop it. I don't, I buy it. And it comes into the house, and about three or four days, the needles start to fall. And I don't mind, and I'm not... Uh, touting for uh, tips and hints as to how to keep the tree going. That's all fine. Um, I live with it. I understand what happens. Needles fall off tree. It's, it, it, it's part and parcel. So I get the hoover out and that's fine. And I plug in the hoover and I need, and actually there's something weirdly satisfying about the sound of the needles heading up the chute of the hoover. I don't know why that is. I, I get a dopamine hit from it. I put my phone down for five minutes and I hear them sprinkling up like a Chinese orchestra and I think this is a beautiful thing. Welcome. Welcome to my head. And yet there I see in the paper today you, an item that you, as they say, you needle this. You needle this item, it says in the sun this morning. You know when, do you, you know when you've got maybe some lint on your jumper or your coat? Now, I know that when Stacey, who works with me in the costume department, will come over to me in between, in between rounds of the show when she'll be there. Rolling the thing on, you're going, going, just get rid of these things and bits of string and whatever, because I always have bits of string on my suit, obviously. Anyway, the piece today says, get yourself a lint roller and don't mind the hoover, but roll the lint around the tree where the needles fall. You're welcome. <laughs> it's a very good idea. I, I, what an opener. But like, let's face it, most of us are going to have real trees in the house in the next uh, three weeks. And in the next three to four weeks, uh, we'll be needling out and we're going to need a little help along the way. And who better than the... People behind the, whatever it's called, the lint removing thing. It, it, that, that's, it's perfect. The lint roller is a game changer. Good luck with that. Uh, Boris Johnson's in a bit of bother, isn't he, over in London? I was watching all of that and listening to a few podcasts on that uh, this morning. Um, and, and he is in, uh, in big trouble because it's, it's interesting. They kind of, his, his own MPs did it, sort of a dance with the devil. He's very good at winning elections and Brexit and things like that. But then when he gets it, he's a tricky proposition. And they're kind of going, well, where, when he was mayor of London, he was pretty good at pulling together coalitions of, of different uh, thoughts and theories and philosophies. But since Downing Street, not quite getting that uh, gig and act together. And then this uh, Christmas party that they had last year has come back to haunt him. His press secretary, has, uh, one of them at least, his, uh, has uh, fallen on her own sword, as she did yesterday. Allegra, as her, as her name is. Uh, so she's gone. But um, we'll see how that rumbles along. And as you've been hearing, uh, Anton Deck seemed to be having a, a nightly pop at him, which is quite unusual for them to go political uh, on, on, the, on the Jungle Show. But such is the mood and the nature of the place, you wouldn't know. But I think he's in a, he's in a bit of a bind there now. So we'll watch that one with interest. Meanwhile, over in Finland, uh, their Prime Minister uh, also caught up. She's 36. I don't know if you've seen her. She's, she's uh, the Prime Minister of Finland. And she's one of many, I think they have a, quite a, a number of Nordic uh, women in charge or in cabinet positions, if not running the show, basically, in Scandinavia. And she went uh, out clubbing until 4am, which in itself is a story. <laughs> uh, but not if you're 36, I suppose. But herself and her husband went out. Uh, but the pro- problem was that she had been sent a text to say that she was close contact to a, a government minister who had t- tested positive for COVID. She, her story is she left her phone. It was a work phone. And she left that at home when she went clubbing. 
and she brought her personal phone. So we buy into that. We say, fair enough. She gets a pass. But she did. She came out and said, look, sorry about that. I should have better used better judgment. Should have double checked the guidance given to me. Um, sorry for not understanding it. But you know what? Everyone, you know, it's, it, there has to be some certain amount of patience with humanity. You know, people making mistakes, if that's what they, are, which they seem to be. And, uh, but that's her story over in Finland. And in New Zealand, a member of parliament over there, uh, Julianne Genter, uh, was uh, busy on Sunday morning because she was heavily pregnant and she felt the, um, the, the, the contractions kicking in and she got on her bike and cycled to hospital in labour to get, uh, to, get <laughs> to get sorted out. She arrived at the hospital. Within an hour, she gave birth to her baby. I mean, that is impressive. Um, you know, as they say, we have Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, Ardern over there uh, took maternity leave while in office and brought her three-month-old to a United Nations meeting as she was still breastfeeding. And uh, the politician I just mentioned said, my contractions weren't that bad when we left at 2 a.m. to go to the hospital, though they were two or three minutes apart and picking up in intensity by the time we arrived 10 minutes later. Was she cycling to the hospital at 2, two in the morning? Hmm. Anyway, her, she is the party's spokesperson for transport issues, appropriately enough. Um, her Facebook profile includes the expression I love my bicycle but she also cycled to hospital in 2018 to give birth to her firstborn local media pretty impressive stuff altogether I'm still unnerved by a trailer for a movie I saw the other day I don't know why I even clicked on I clicked I was at home I was watching the you know sometimes you can go onto YouTube and they have these uh, trailers that you that, that might be of interest to you and it was a, it was a lamb a sheep like a, a, a baby sheep a lamb and a couple and the story I don't know why it caught my eye and I said I'm going to look at the trailer for this so it's called A Lamb it's not out yet It's due. I think it's due out and it stars Numi Rapace you know the, from the Dragon Tattoo films and um, it, it's a couple live on a remote plot of land in Iceland so my obs- geographical obsession of the year Iceland as I've shared with you and, and Ragnar Jonasson and my literary uh, twist there as well but anyway they live on this remote plot of land in Iceland and they're seed farming and they're raising sheep. I said, okay. Now, when you're watching the trailer for it, and I would urge you to watch it if you want to be freaked out. If you don't want to be freaked out, watch reruns of Mr. Ben. But if you want to be freaked out, watch the trailer for a film called Lamb. So anyway, their obligation to keep the farm thriving is what fills their days, not so much shared conversation nor a demonstrative need for love. However, their lives are upended upon the arrival of a special delivery from a sheep in their flock. This is where it starts getting weird. It's a little fawn-like offspring who's half sheep, half human. No, no, really. So there's one scene they're walking along and she's kind of holding the hoof and it's on its, it's like standing up and you're going, what's going I don't want this in my life. Anyway, rather than question how this could possibly happen, the pair quickly accept their new roles, raising the lamb child as their own, naming her Ada. And while they take great care in preserving their peaceful, idyllic, Existence together, unforeseen threats begin to surface. So at one stage I'm looking at this and there's like, I think, I think the, 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 the lamb's mother, the sheep, is looking in the window, kind of going, lads, you know, this is a bit weird. And they're going, she's ours. You go, no, I don't know. And I think that starts getting into a fight, like into like animal farm territory in some ways. But uh, it looks really weird. Can't wait to see it. It's called Lamb. Trailers for your delectation after the show, of course. Ryan, when you start fretting about needles, you've lost it. Needless to say. Okay. Yeah, it's a stretch, but you can have it. And Breed is in Galway. I just don't put up a Christmas tree. I stopped a few years ago and haven't missed it. Stuck some twinkly lights on a yucca plant last weekend instead. Well, I would <laughs> rather stick my 
Stick pine needles in my eyes and then look at a yucca plant with some lights. But I know, but if it gets you through the day, you just you just keep doing that because that's nice. Jogging. I'm not a jogger, but outdoor exercise such as running, tennis or football helps to reverse some of the brain aging linked to an increased risk of dementia. That's the headline. But dig deep. And it seems that jogging is great. Those who ha- who were most active in this research they did had reduced levels of white matter lesions damaged to the inner layer of the brain, which connects its different regions. But that was only the case. So joggers take note. It was only the case if the joggers lived in a low-pollution area. So if you are uh, similarly active people in places with dirty air or dirtier air, saw no such brain boost. So you could be, you just might as well be jogging on the spot. Good for the cardio maybe, but just be, be wary of that. So if you go for a jog out in the West or somewhere beautiful, you're going to benefit and your brain will benefit. But if you're jogging through the mean streets of Dublin, it might be a different story. That's what they're saying. Do we believe any of it? I'm not so sure. Patricia Bolton was on by email. We're in the Cooley Parish in County Louth. Good stuff. We're doing a 30-night sleepout. Good Lord, in aid of the Peter McVeary Trust. Excellent. Started and it's happening under the bridge at the bush in Cooley. And every night during Advent, a different family or group are sleeping out in solidarity with the homeless. Well done. The parish really came together to make it a celebration for everyone to come together and have fun. So every night, they come together at nine o'clock, stand in solidarity with the homeless. Go to Cooley Parish Facebook page if you want to donate and get involved. Very nice thing to 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 do, I would have thought. And a lot of nice things going on. I heard one uh, pal of mine whose car cut out on the street and three guys jumped out and uh, helped helped him uh, push the car into the side so that he could get himself sorted out. But it's those little gestures, I always think those micro-kindnesses often mean more than people will, will know. Speaking of advent calendars, the lads upstairs got the, is it Tony's chocolate? And the, the advent calendar, it's kind of this really um, ethical chocolate and fair play. Uh, but they got to day, I think nine or eight, obviously, yesterday. Tony, Choco, Ainley, Chocolani. Anyway, they got to the, uh, yesterday, the on the eighth, eighth day, and they opened the door and there was nothing in it, except a message saying, now you know how it feels to have nothing. It's like a life lesson. It's like, oh, that's, that's fair play. But I, 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 I don't know if you want to get life lessons like that from the advent calendar. Hey, kids, now you know. I think they, uh, they're just making a point, I suppose. But they do give you two chocolates the next day. I mean, that's saying. But then are they? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's melting my head a little bit now because in terms of the life lessons, <laughs> so if you wait long enough, you can have everything. No, well, not necessarily. Uh, there's a mother in Cork from Cork Bio uh, left frightened. What, what happened was she was asleep in the house. Uh, two kids upstairs burglar looks through the window sees her asleep um, her front door is open unfortunately goes in doesn't do anything bar takes the car key and gets in the car and drives away so I think that's just a small note of caution it, like it is the season with big windows and presents and, and things like that for a lot of people So and car keys so be careful with uh, your security at home after hearing you talk about Boris, uh, regarding another European premiers and what they got up to yesterday, Angela Merkel stepped down after 16 years as Chancellor, and that is something of note. Only talking about her this morning, um, and I've said it, I think I said it last week as well, she, to me, was pretty much one of the very few adults in the room, and I think we're really going to miss that steady hand on the tiller um, around the place in these difficult days. So, yeah, she sure did go. And, you know, I don't know if you heard Hillary Clinton, I'm going to play a clip of Hillary now, because she... Um, was invited to do something really unusual. She, she, she had written a speech. I think she had denied she'd written a speech, but she had written a speech 
uh, to accept the presidency uh, on the night that she didn't get elected. Remember, she 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 booked that big building with the glass uh, ceiling in it to as a metaphor for what what uh, she had hoped that she might achieve. Then Donald Trump got elected and everything changed after that. So what she has done uh, is she's delivered this speech and it was obviously very emotional for her because it's it's one of the greatest what-ifs of the modern era. What if she got elected that night? And here is the speech, as delivered by Hillary Clinton, that she never got to deliver on election night um, that we all know about so well. This summer, a writer asked me if I could go back in time and tell anyone in history about this milestone, who would it be? And the answer was easy. My mother, Dorothy. You may have heard me talk about her difficult childhood. She was abandoned by her parents when she was just eight years old. They put her on a train to California where she was mistreated by her grandparents and ended up out on her own working as a housemaid. Yet she still found a way to offer me the boundless love and support she never received herself. I wish I could walk down the aisle and find the little wooden seats where she sat, holding tight to her even younger sister, alone, terrified. I dream of going up to her and sitting down next to her, taking her in my arms and saying, look at me, listen to me. You will survive. You will have a good family of your own and three children, and as hard as it might be to imagine, your daughter will grow up and become the President of the United States. Whoa, that's hard to listen to in some ways, isn't it? Crikey, what might have been? That's Hillary Clinton uh, delivering a moment uh, from her speech that she wrote to accept the presidency of the United States, which of course wasn't to be. It's 9.19, back shortly. Uh, tomorrow's late late show. It's going to be a busy one. We have um, uh, the two days before his 60th birthday. Daniel O'Donnell will be joining us and we're having a little celebration with him. Um, he will have uh, guests like Paddy Cole and Margot and Cleona and uh, Hagen and Louise Morrissey and Jimmy and Claudia Buckley. All the greats. Packy Bonner will be in the middle of it all. So that'll be good fun. Charlie Bird, um, he'll be joining us with Claire, his lovely wife, and some friends and colleagues. So we'll catch up with him and see how he's doing, hopefully. Wishing him well this morning. And Dancing with the Stars, four uh, well-known faces joining us tomorrow to say, we're in. So that's going to be fun. We're, we're going to get lo- uh, tied up with the Dancing with the Stars story here on the radio show as well, because we reckon by the time we hit January, we're going to need a bit of sparkle in our lives. And that's what we're doing here. So we'll keep you posted and all that. So we're really looking forward to that tomorrow. So one of my favourite Irish singers, Andrea Corr, has got together with uh, one of the greatest, um, I suppose, showmen of of the time, uh, Ronnie Wood of the Rolling Stones. And they've put together a song, which I rather like. It's a beautiful version of a cracking Christmas song. We're going to play it for you now. And I think you like it. I'd love to see it on the late late. Maybe, maybe if we can squeeze it in before Christmas, it would be magic. But... Here's their take 
on Blue Christmas. I'll have a blue Christmas without you. I'll be so blue just thinking about you. Decorations of red on a green Christmas tree won't be the same, dear. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I like that. It's kind of like the angel and the devil having a duet. <laughs> you feel very lived in. Uh, that voice, wonderful. That's Andrea Corr and Ronnie Wood. Love that. Uh, well done to them. Um, would you mind giving a big shout-out to all the team at the COVID testing centre, the one-ups at the Lamb Doyles in Sandyford, who worked right through the howling winds and the driving rain that Storm Barrow threw at them. I've taken some time off, says Hillary, to do, to do my bit and help out there. And I'm with such a wonderful bunch of people. We're all at risk, but didn't expect to be to be blown off the side of a mountain, along with the tents and the portaloos. Tuesday and Wednesday were horrendous, but everyone kept going. I love people who keep going. It's impressive. And I'll get to some emails that came in overnight about other things we've been talking about, including our conversation with John Brennan on Tuesday, because uh, Marie was on to say, following up on your interview with John, my son was diagnosed with dyslexia and dyspraxia when he was six years old. Straight away, his teacher jumped on the bandwagon and she tried her best. And we spent a fortune bringing him here and there. He was treated differently by his peers. As a result, he lost his confidence. He was bullied on the football pitch because he couldn't coordinate. Fast forward 12 years and it's only this year that he's grown in confidence. He's doing all honour subjects for his leaving cert, planning four years of college and we have spent his whole teenage life worrying about him and trying to get him when, uh, when, he, when we should have left him to grow and develop naturally. He's the brightest lad and knows so much about everything and has a wonderful personality. That's a good news story, I suppose. Uh, listening to the programme this week and to John Brennan and his teacher and to the where are you from the chats, I, I want to share my view. In 1997, I took a career break and did not return to Ireland until 2009. On return, I was amazed to find such colour and culture and diversity, says Maria, in our country. I was lucky and privileged to get a job teaching children for whom English was not their first language. I experience almost immediate job satisfaction as these children ooze enthusiasm to learn. So happy that these families came and are coming to, to Ireland. And that's from Maria, who uh, covering all angles of uh, our conversations during the week. Uh, another says we uh, on the Christmas trees we always said we'd never get an artificial tree however a couple of years back we took the plunge best decision ever we even get the Christmas tree smell sticks and it's wonderful don't knock it till you try it says Mike oh no in fairness Mike I, 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 I would never knock it but I also equally wouldn't try it uh, let me go to a, a, an email to ryan at rte.ie which says I am the queen of dyslexics which is I've never met them your majesty uh, and I come from a large family and within our extended family there are 32 members diagnosed with dyslexia, 32, and 15 of them with ADD, and a further 12 with combined ASD diagnoses, all doing academically very well, all fully accepting of their diagnoses. I also worked as a teacher for over 20 years, supporting students with a range of disabilities. I've done all the degrees, the master's, special ed, and uh, disability training one could do. All had their benefits. However, the greatest advice I got and give was from my mother, Lord Rester. When I started secondary school, I couldn't read a word. Uh, back in the 60s, no one had an idea about dyslexia. My mother said to a teacher once, who was moaning about the fact that I couldn't read or spell, uh, best not to focus on what she can't do. She must focus on what she can do. She's a very bright, intelligent girl uh, with a great memory 
and a free spirit and she has siblings who can read and they'll read the books to her and she'll be very knowledgeable, you'll see. She then said to me, uh, never worry or apologise for what you cannot do, just get someone who can do it. If you try to do everything yourself, you are limited to your own ability. If you reach out and accept help, your world is unlimited. So she just told me to be kind to those who don't understand that everyone isn't a reader, just as everyone can't do maths and everyone isn't an artist and everyone doesn't have insight. That's life. When children with dyslexia struggle, the most important thing to focus on is their confidence and they will learn to read when it makes sense to them. People with dyslexia need the confidence to make a mistake, to ask for help with proofreading, etc. Everyone with dyslexia, says our correspondent, is different. Some are academically bright, some are not, some think outside the box, some do not. Acceptance is a great assist. And that from from a comfortable dyslexia. That's probably one of the reasons why I'm so against the Leaving Cert as it stands, because... It forces you into uh, topics and subjects that are of absolutely no interest to you. You might have no ability in and you're wasting your time with them because the reality is that you have this great talent for other subjects. And if you just focused on those and let somebody, let your mind expand there comfortably and with great intelligence and interest and curiosity rather than being force fed subjects that are just crippling you in terms of your confidence and your uh, ability, uh, you'd have a much better uh, exam system says he from his throne of knowledge. It's just a, a, a shoot from the couch, but that's how I feel about that. It's 23 minutes to 10. The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1. All right, all right. 51551. I sometimes visit, uh, says a text, an uncle whose wife died in the last year. His house is jammed with stuff, some of it is his son's items that he stored there. My uncle has laughed and said, you'll, you'll have a great time clearing this out when I'm gone. So not everyone thinks this way, well, that's for sure. I love, love, love decluttering, uh, says Mairead. More excited when charity shops opened uh, than when pubs or clubs did. Well, charity shops have, I think, have a total revival now among the next generation who are going for, uh, who see charity shops as an Aladdin's cave because the fast fashion issue is a, is a problem so to, the charity shops are wonderful for people so definitely they're, 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 they're having um, a comeback of some sort people have memories and find comfort in them so to them uh, some it's not clutter absolutely I, I think it's it's about uh, moderation like, like so many things you don't have to throw everything out but definitely there's some stuff that's just complete junk Pamela says uh, one idea take photos of things before you let them go and make a memory album that's nice uh, how can we help the Coolie sleep out for Father McVeary? You can go to their Facebook page, Coolie Sleep Out Facebook page, and you'll find it really quickly. Mary Ngoway says, I spent a day last week getting rid of stuff from the attic, but found my school reports going back to junior school in England. My kids will not great crack out of that when they find them after I'm gone, she says. Uh, and uh, more in on that besides. Now, we'll go for some music, shall we, at uh, 2210. I haven't heard this for a long time, so I think I'll go here. Good. 
Sounds good to me. That's Pet Shop Boys. And of course, Dusty Springfield. What genius turned around one day and said, you know, we should place Dusty Springfield with the Pet Shop Boys. I wouldn't have thought it until somebody did it. And you go, well, that was meant to happen. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, can we get the details of the decluttering lady? Of course, um, you will find the website is called whitesagedecluttering.com. You get that all one word, whitesagedecluttering.com. Thank you for playing that fab Pet Shop Boys song. It's such a great song to get you dancing in the kitchen. Yeah, I love a bit of kitchen dancing. And you know what's the worst song to dance to? It's Dancing Queen by ABBA. It's impo- the worst. What's the worst song to dance to? Dancing. It's impossible. Just try it. Really. I mean, it's not something I will ever try, but I, I, I'm intrigued by that. This is all, all news to me. Um, we have lots in on the preparation clearance, the Swedish death clearance. Um, and people are curious about that. So we'll talk to Anne-Marie about that on another occasion. I love this topic. We were converting the attic in our family home. And my siblings and my parents went through all the stuff. But we had a great day of memories and it was great to do it with everyone there and not when someone had passed away. Yeah, that makes sense. A living clear out. Uh, my daughter's in T.Y.'s text absolutely in her creative element. Uh, she struggles with learning and does badly in exams despite studying. She excels at creative and design projects, but sadly the Leaving Cert is not geared for her strengths and she's dreading going back into fifth year. Uh, and that's not the way education should be. She should be running back to fifth year saying, right, the rest of my life ready for me. So we need to fix that. All in good time. It's 10 o'clock. Stay tuned for Claire Byrne. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. See you tomorrow. The Ryan Tuberty Show. Listen back on the RTE Radio Player.